All righty, lots to crack through with our friends over at Blacklocks Reporter. That is where I find Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor. How do you keep up these days, Tom? How do you keep up? Uh, love of life, really. That's what keeps me going. I'm curious to know what would what would Gord Lightfoot sing about Chinese interference? Uh, I'm sure you. You know, I uh, I know this is is it too soon to tell my Gord Lightfoot story? Uh, I used to know disc jockeys <laughs> who you know. love the Railway Trilogy. It's yeah. like an 18 minute song because they could leave the station, go down to Seven Eleven, get a burrito. That's yeah. that's my <laughs> that's my Gord yeah. Lightfoot story. Yeah, it's uh, like um, Stairway to Heaven. Uh, if you're not feeling well, just it was awesome. Gives you time to feel better. Um, all right, so there's a lot going on on the interference front. Um, Conservative MP Michael Chong, we learn uh, his family was uh, intimidated and threatened during the 2021 election, except uh, CSIS, which I guess the Global Mail got a nine-page report on. Um, you know, that the, the, the prime minister's office was apparently briefed on it, yet the prime minister did nothing, said nothing, knows nothing, and he's just not going to say anything. Opposition leader uh, Polyev almost uh, kicked out of the House of Commons this morning. They're very upset about this, Alex, for obvious reasons. My two cents. My two cents. They got the message from the top. And the message from the top was they don't. I I think the, the leadership is bored with atrocity stories from China. I don't think they really care about China or have strong feelings about the victims of the police state. And I don't think that there was any conspiracy here. I just think that they thought it was irrelevant. Would they have come to the same conclusion if it was a different government and a member of a different party? Well, well, they may have, but they have a problem now. This only works, that attitude only works when no one knows about it. And now everyone knows about it. So indeed, today, the uh, opposition asked for an emergency debate. They said, this is, this is as clear-cut an evidence you will get of a foreign government interfering. What did they try to do? They tried to influence the vote of an MP in the House of Commons by yeah. using coercion and intimidation. And uh, uh, this is going to end so badly for so many people. But uh, yeah, no, the prime minister has not been strong on this. Well, he's not not been strong, but th- it's just common sense. There's no common sense. I mean, the guy that that you know, the question that the the, the opposition is rightfully asking is why hasn't this government kicked Zhao Wei out of this country or any other Chinese diplomat or ambassador who is threatening or coercing or doing anything nefarious? The cred- the government credits or credits these people to be in the country. And, and Melanie Jolie was asked again, why haven't you kicked? these people out and they just well like you know another investigation like the prime minister is now calling for what investigation 52 because i i think the answer to your question is because mediocrity and failure is always an option for cabinet you know mm-hmm. it's just based on my experience the friends of cabinet uh, it you know, ascribe to them the big brain, the enormous powers. They're so profound and far-reaching in their thoughts. It's almost beyond human comprehension. Their opponents call them the so dastardly, wickedly clever, the Napoleons of crime. In my experience, cabinet is the guy that'll jam its foot in the waste paper basket and tumble down a flight of stairs and then leave the laptop at the coffee shop with the top secret files. Mediocrity, incompetence, and failure are always options. I think that's what happened here. Of course, MP Chong should have been told. But Charlene was on mat leave. Jerry had the keys to the filing cabinet. You know, and that's not pleasant. I had a 
Charlie horse at that meeting. Those are painful. That's the sort of thing that happens. It's mediocre. Yeah, and uh, met with a lot of indifference. Uh, if, if the Prime Minister does get away with it, it's because uh, the media shrugs, albeit I don't know if they can continue to do so. Meanwhile, his brother, because if you really want to get to the crux of the story, you got to follow the dollar. And uh, his brother, uh, Justin Trudeau's brother, Alexander, will testify Wednesday, 4.30 at the uh, Ethics Committee over his role in this check that apparently he signed off as a director of the uh, the Trudeau Foundation board. He didn't have the authority to do that, but he arranged this payment. And he wants to get up there, Tom, and he wants to clear the record, despite the fact mm. that on Friday – the president of the board, who also resigned, basically said, like, all of this stinks. Like, it's yeah, clear that this stinks. This is a big deal. The, the implication is, by the way, I've never met him. I, I, I'm, I have cursory knowledge of his quote. I'm using air quotes, documentary work. I used to be in the documentary business. I don't think he's the smarter brother, if you get my meaning. But good luck, <laughs> good luck for Alex. Which one is? I'll tell you why. The... Uh, the disclosure by the former CEO of the foundation points to a breach of federal law. Income Tax Act is very, very clear on charities. You can't jimmy the receipts. You cannot falsify receipts. That's a big deal. The penalty is 125%, and you will never be registered as a charity again. I think you and I have discussed in the past, Alex, I think the foundation is finished. I think... Mm -hmm. So, uh, if not this parliament, a future one will ask for a $125 million endowment back. And that was, by the way, former CEO testified, that is the business. They've got nothing in private donations that comes even close to what they live on and the interest of the taxpayers' endowment. I don't know why the parliament ever voted this. Let them hold a bake sale like everybody else or have kettles for fundraising at the mall. But that's enough of that. And I, I don't think the brother's going to enjoy himself. No, and uh, certainly uh, Morris Rosenberg also will be testifying, and he is being basically accused of uh, not telling the truth and misleading Canadians. So I think this week uh, maybe we'll get some information out of that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, the yeah. testimony is they broke the, the, the Income Tax Act. What are you doing? It's crazy. Well, they experienced it differently, Tom. They did. Sorry, they did. If you don't know that uh, by now, <laughs> seven years in. Uh, meanwhile, and I think this is important because we've got dozens of organized crime groups that do have also influence in our public sector. And it's not a small number. Police count 29 organized criminal groups that it suspects, it suspects uh, have influence or access to uh, public sector agencies. Uh, can I ask a question? Like, who isn't infiltrating this country? That's probably an easier question to answer at this point. <laughs> if you're a taxpayer, you got to write it, fill out a petition and, and triplicate it. Wait your turn. There, yeah, no, the passport office. No, there's no influence there. You have 29 criminal groups uh, annual report on organized crime uh, in the public sector. What's interesting is they've and they've uh, police have pointed this out. This does not necessarily mean that uh, the mafia has taken over a certain department. It means not that yet. there are friends and family and, you know, that someone has a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they give you information. But where does it come? Where does the rubber hit the road? Well, it's on costs, especially contracting. Okay, now we're starting to get in the business. The feds are the biggest contracting vendor in the country, billions of dollars a year, and that's what gets everyone's attention. If it's government, there's contracting, and it's worth a fortune. How much? This report says if organized crime is involved, add 50% to the cost. 
that's where they get the taxpayer. Don't you worry. Marco Mendicino's on the job. On He'll it. get to the bottom he's of this. On it. <laughs> yeah, he's on it. He's seized with it. Nonetheless. All right, Tom. I know there's so much more. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. But I just wanted to part with you uh, saying this. I just got a text from a listener saying, I just declined a call from my mom so I don't miss Tom. Feel good about breaking up families? Oh, that's awful. Anyway, <laughs> you can make it up on Mother's Day. God bless Mother. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Tom. We'll talk again. Tom Korski. And I hang up on my mom, too, when Tom comes on, because I'm on with him. But nonetheless, lots of people do sit in the car waiting for Tom Korski to finish because he gets the goods. Lots of them. I had so much stuff I could have gone through with him today. Like, so much stuff. But he'll be back on Thursday. So moms, don't call your daughters at uh, 1045 Tuesday and Thursday.